0: better known as Ms. Jacobs around here and I consider myself one of the more fortunate people in the world because I really love the work that I do. I've been teaching for over 40 years, working mostly with young children, and through the course of that time I've come to understand why Jesus held this particular segment of the population in such high regard. I have been teaching at St. Paul the Cross now for 23 years, mostly in first grade. The most important thing I teach them is where they're going, how they will get there, and what they're required to do on the journey. One of the most important units we do is the one right around Easter, death and dying. The kids love this unit. Many kids, many adults are uncomfortable talking or even thinking about this topic and they certainly don't want to be talking about it with little children. Some people think that children should be shielded from the whole concept of death. But even if that were desirable, and it certainly isn't, It would be impossible. Death is part of every newscast, many TV shows, and I don't know of a single family that has not been touched in some way by the death of a loved one. Death is inevitable and it is painful, but we are an Easter people and the sting of death is tempered by the knowledge that death is the beginning of new life. Rather than being shielded from death, children should be introduced to the idea as early as possible for our very young children, we first present death as part of life. We plant seeds and bulbs and watch as they come to new life. We see the new life of a caterpillar as it turns into a butterfly. We see how happy a chick is when it emerges from the crowded egg. We look at the life cycle of frogs, of other animals, and of people. The children are told very early on that one day they too will die, but even if they live to be a hundred, This is just the short beginning of a life that will go on forever. They are told that their soul is forever in the hand of God and no harm can touch it. Children are wonderful believers and they accept this central concept of Christianity with deep faith. One year a mom of one of my students whose own mother had died suddenly said Mrs. Jacobs, I don't know how we would have gotten through this without the wisdom and faith of our little girl. So children should be introduced to death as soon as possible. But the first thing we need to do is explain what death is. What it means to die. When somebody dies, it means their body doesn't work anymore. Whatever made that happen, that's the bottom line. Their body doesn't work anymore. Also, we need to use the right terminology. Saying someone passed on, or worse yet, went to sleep, are phrases that are confusing and frightening. One little boy, on being told that his mom had lost the baby, shouted, Well, tell her to go find it! (laughs) Children should not be told that someone has turned into an angel. I hate the perennial favorite, the littlest angel. Hope I'm not standing on any toes here. But Number one, a little boy dies. And although children should be told that they're going to die someday, they should not have to worry that it's right around the corner. Secondly, when he gets to heaven, he's all alone. This is a child's worst fear. And then a big angel frowns at him for being careless. Now who wants to go to heaven like that? We tell the children that only God knows how long a person will live and that that person that they are now is the person that they will be for eternity. We tell them that God allows us to live until we can become, we have the chance to become the most important and the best person that we can be. We tell them that it's okay to be sad and to cry, that even Jesus cried when his friend died, but we're happy too because that person has been welcomed by all the people in the family who have gone before them and are so happy in heaven. It is awesome to realize how much children understand of things that are often hard to absorb. When one of my sons was two and a half, his godfather was only 23, died in a tragic drowning accident. I was trying to explain why Timmy was not going to come over and play with him anymore. I explained that Timmy's body had died, but the important part of him, his soul, would never die. And little David, who was already at that age an avid Star Wars fan, said, Oh, that's just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly. Sometimes children had been told about heaven, I mean hell, and purgatory and those ideas need to be clarified. We explain that hell is when you choose to live without love or without God in your life, and to get it. One day, six-year-old Bobby came up to my desk during playtime and he said, you know what, Mrs. Jacobs? Hell is not a place. You're still alive if you're in hell. It's a place like if you're mean to people, right? There must be something about playtime that encourages contemplation. Another year, Darren came up to my desk during playtime and he said, You go on a vacation, but then you're glad to go home. What a comforting concept. Your vacation can be wonderful, or horrid, as some vacations unfortunately are. But ultimately, Darren is right. We're all on our way home. Stories are such a powerful, powerful way of transmitting religious concepts, not just Bible stories, of course, they're wonderful too, but there are lots of trade books. I had uh, read a book called um, Miss Rumpheus, and uh, that's a wonderful book. It's uh, based on the life of the author's great, great, great aunt, I think, and uh, her grandfather told her that every person had a job to do, and that job was to make the world a more beautiful place. And so she was a librarian and then she traveled all over and then she did all things and then she w- became handicapped and she looked out the window and she saw lupins growing and she decided that it was going to be her job to sprinkle lupin seeds all over where she lived. Lupins are these beautiful blue spiky flowers, a blue and, um, and kind of a rosy color. And the end of the story is that she did that. And she, she did so many lupin seeds that her whole town was covered with lupin seeds. And so we explained to the kids that the lupin seeds are a symbol of the acts of kindness and love that every person is called to, to uh, bring to the world. So one here, a family had two children. They were very par- far apart in age. The uh, older child was a shy girl, and she, by that time, she was, I think, either in a first-year high school or an eighth grader, and then they were bringing in a first grader to meet me. And so the mom says to this poor girl, um, so tell Mrs. Jacobs, what do you remember about first grade? Well, the poor kid is just standing there like, I don't know, you know. And she finally said, well, I remember you read us a story about a woman who spread lupin seeds all over the world. And I thought... Okay, good. I mean, if that's all she remembers, that's that's good. So um, that is my message today, that they need to be given something substantial that no child can grow up groundless and rudderless without a faith commitment. <laughs> Thank you.